This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1297, Minimalism, part one, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Sunday, welcome back, or welcome for the first time. This is where I read to you every single day of the year to help you live a more meaningful life, covering personal development, productivity, and minimalism mostly, from some of the best bloggers and authors you can find, with their permission, of course. Our other four podcasts cover other topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're listening to this to find those podcasts too. Today's article is from Mark Manson, his take on minimalism, and a bit longer than usual, so I'm breaking it up into two episodes. So with that, let's get right to part one and start optimizing your life. Minimalism, part one, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. This is everything I own a MacBook Pro, an iPad, an unlocked iPhone, seven shirts, two pairs of jeans, two jackets, one coat, one sweater, two pairs of shoes, a suitcase, a backpack, some gym shorts, bathroom stuff, socks, and underwear. That's it. Everything I own can be easily packed into a small suitcase and moved within 30 minutes. There's nothing that I want that I don't already own, and this is despite owning a six-figure internet business. In Fight Club, Tyler Durden made the bold claim, quote, the things you own end up owning you, end quote. Although I think that's true, I'm not going to be a zealot here and try to convince you to throw away all of your possessions and go live on a mountain or something. Obviously, you have a life and a home, perhaps a family and needs, and a radical shift in lifestyle wouldn't be practical for many of you. I live in a new country every three months, run my entire life from my laptop, and rent furnished apartments everywhere I go. I realize that's not a typical luxury. But what I am going to try to convince you is that you probably don't need as much of the stuff you think you do and that getting rid of much of it can be surprisingly liberating as well as make you happier. Back in 2007, I went broke after graduating university. To deal with this, I sold most of my possessions and moved onto a friend's couch temporarily. At the time, it was painful. My bed, my desk a lot of my books and CDs, pictures, and who knows what else. I remember it felt excruciating. But despite my perception of selling everything, I still moved into my friend's place with two large boxes of a full suitcase of clothes, desktop computer, desk chair, TV stand, don't ask, and other odds and ends. For the six months I lived on that couch, 75% of everything I owned sat neatly in boxes, untouched. The next year, with a struggling online business, no money and nowhere to go, I moved home to live with mom for a while. Since shipping a box full of stuff from Boston to Texas cost $100 at the time, and that was about $100 more than I could afford to spend, I jettisoned even more stuff. On Craigslist, everything went. Goodbye bicycle, messenger bag, the high-end poker chip set I won in a tournament, framed pictures, dumbbell weights, yoga mat, basketball, PlayStation 2, and games. It hurt. It's funny now, but looking back, I really felt like a failure because I was selling all my possessions to keep my business afloat, like it was this massive sacrifice. Aside from my clothes and suitcase, all I kept was my guitar and a small box of books. Six months later, I began my foray into the mobile Tim Ferriss-inspired lifestyle. I visited Brazil and moved to Buenos Aires. I took one large suitcase with me and spent hours to days before I left deliberating over how I was going to fit everything I quote-unquote needed into one single suitcase for three to six months abroad. Which tools do I bring? Which raincoat should I bring? 
fitness supplements, external hard drives, extra pair of running shoes, clothes iron, and cooking spices all seemed like necessities at the time. Needless to say, I didn't use half of the stuff I brought to Argentina and I've since rid myself of literally everything I don't use semi-regularly. These days I live out of a suitcase smaller than most people take on a four-day beach vacation and a small backpack for my laptop. Most of what I own is expensive, but is purchased with the purpose of efficiency and utility, not for entertainment, status, or whim. That may sound a little extreme to some of you, and it is. But, and this is a big but, every step along the way, getting rid of what I didn't absolutely need was painful, but at no point did I ever miss anything once it was gone, ever. The only exception is my guitar, which I left at my mom's because I didn't want to travel with it. Aside from that, I don't remember most of the c- I owned, much less miss it. I couldn't tell you what hung on my wall, what the color of my couch was, where I bought my television, which video games I owned without thinking very, very hard. In fact, not only do I not miss anything I got rid of, but the thought of spending money on more of the same possessions instead of life experiences and relationships with others sounds absolutely insane to me now. Identity investment and loss aversion. There are two psychological factors at play in owning a bunch of stuff, and I think both lower the overall quality of life. Identity investment and loss aversion. Identity investment is what Fight Club ribs at when it makes fun of the need to own a bunch of nice stuff, particularly in American culture. Americans are incredibly materialistic, often without even realizing it. A friend of mine recently told me when he was a young professional, he spent endless amounts of time crafting his apartment to be the perfect place to bring people. Buying the right furniture to represent his identity, decorating and redecorating, The irony is that he put all of his time and effort into making his apartment perfect to bring people to instead of actually, you know, going out and meeting people to bring to his apartment. He described this as a depressing and miserable period of his life. This sort of identity investment in possessions is pushed onto us by advertising and it works well. People become attached to the companies that make their car or truck, their computers, their clothing, their appliances, etc. They spent months saving up for an item, spent a lot of mental energy choosing which item represents them best. Therefore, they begin identifying themselves as a Ford guy or a Mac user or whatever. This becomes part of your identity, no matter how small, that you portray to others in your life. And if you've learned anything from this blog, it should be that investing your identity in factors outside of yourself, interactions, what people think of you, how much money you make, stuff you own, isn't healthy, and lowers your self-esteem. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Minimalism by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. So I never realized Mark Manson was that much of a minimalist. I've been narrating his articles for probably a couple of years now, but just realized he owns only a suitcase's worth of stuff. Although that could have changed based on when this was written, In any case, it'll be interesting to hear the rest of this article tomorrow. So that's it for today. Hope you're having a great weekend. Thank you for being here and I'll see you in tomorrow's show where we'll finish this post and where your optimal life awaits.